Shri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Shri Guru Goswami Prabhupada ki jai. Kirsami Tisindu ki jai. Go Bhaktabrinda ki jai. Go Premanandi. So, welcome. Good evening. We're continuing our discussion of Raghunuga Bhakti as explained in Bhakti Yosamrita Sindhu. Tonight we come to the third of three verses describing the actual practice of Raghunuga Bhakti. Rupa Goswami says, Shrabhanot Kirtanadini Bhaiti Bhakti Uditani Tu. Yani angani chitani atra bhignayani manishi bhi. So he says those who are bhignanis, they bhignani manishi bhi. Those who are discriminating and well thought out practitioners of Raghunuga Bhakti. The indication here is that there are some people that may not be very well thought out and very discriminating in their approach to and understanding of Raghunuga Bhakti. Indeed, it's a difficult subject to understand and lends itself to very much misunderstanding. We've seen that in ancient times. In the previous verse, Seva Sadaka Rupena Siddhurupena Chaturahi, that we discussed in our last class, we mentioned an ancient misconceptions about that verse. And um, and from from times hundreds of years ago, and how they were sorted out, um, principally by Vishwanath Chakravartyakur, and how in modern times also the verse is very much misunderstood, and um, little misunderstanding can take one in a very different direction. <clears throat> we'll see that more as we as we go forward. As, as well, how one could get waylaid in Dwarka, for example, um, rather than ending up in, in Gokul or in, or in Golok rather than in Gokul. These possibilities exist. Indeed, there are Sampradayas who consider themselves Ragmark Sampradayas with such aspirations, for example, to end up in Gokul or Golok, I should say, the ideal in the sense of the uh, Nimbarkis for Swakya. They call themselves a Ragmark Sampradaya, but this is not the Rag that Uva Goswami is describing here. This again is a very, the, 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 the principal expression of Ragmark embodied in the inhabitants of Vrindavan. It means in Gokul. Hmm? Golok is a more opulent section of, um, of the, the whole expanse of Goloka Vrindavan. Gokul is very... Um, very down to earth, very earthy, you could say, earthen huts and so forth, uh, rather than palatial buildings. <clears throat> so, so this very primary expression, he said, this he's going to describe. He described in the beginning the ragatmikas and how these particular ragatmikas shine brilliantly in Vrindavan. It means there are other types of ragatmikas with as far, if you will, down the spiritual ladder or across, maybe it's better to say, the spiritual spectrum um, to uh, Aishvarya Mayi Raigatmikas, even in 
in Vaikuntha who have rag. Hmm. But this is this is um, again the other end of the of the spectrum. He wants to speak about particularly the ragatmikas of Braj and the following of them that constitutes the kind of raganuga bhakti. He is explaining, <clears throat> and again. He says, Ata Raganuga to begin. And now we're going to talk about Raganuga Bhakti. This is after having spoken about Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? Tonight, what does he say? Uh, we've mentioned this point uh, to some extent in our previous discussions, but here he brings it home in the text itself. He says, those who are very interesting, because we're talking about Raganuga Bhakti. We've finished the section on Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? We're talking about the Raghunuga Bhakti of Braj, as I say, the fullest example of that, following those type of Raghatmakas. And he says, those who are very well thought out, hmm? um, discriminating persons on the path of Raghunuga Bhakti, what do they do? They do Vaidhi Bhakti. This is what he says here. They do Vaidhi Bhakti. Then we think, what? <laughs> What's he talking about? Seems just uh, contradictory to everything we've been discussing, distinguishing as we have been between Raga Bhakti and, and Vaidhi Bhakti, but if we were listened carefully, we, were, we would have understood, and we will recall that the difference is, is subtle, for the most part, in that it constitutes a different type of motivation and orientation. Hmm? But the framework, if you will, of Vaidhi Bhakti and Raga Bhakti are the same. It's the framework of Vaidhi Bhakti with Rag is Rag Bhakti. That is a different motivation, a different orientation. So, he's bringing this point home because, again, people will without this verse, hmm, very important verse, then this could very readily be misunderstood. He's talked about Abhidhi Bhakti. Now he says Ata Raganuga. When he talks about now, it's now we're going to talk about Raganuga. He doesn't say anything about Guru Padashraya, Shiksha Dikshadi, hmm, Shravanam Kirtanam, following Akadasi. Hmm, uh, and honoring the holy days and wearing tilak, um, uh, wearing tulsi mala, um, uh, uh, worshiping the tulsi plant, uh, all kinds of angas of bhakti, worshiping cows, sacred trees, and so many things. These are all parts of or angas of vaidhi bhakti. Hmm? He says, now we're going to talk about raganuga. It's a separate thing. Without this verse, people will misconstrue and say that these things are not part of Raghunuga Bhakti at all. So who needs a guru? And again, this was one of the ancient misconceptions to an extent, hmm? where it was thought that, that uh, Raghunuga Bhakti is about smarnam uh, on the on the Lila in two forms, so in our Sadakade and our Siddhadeha, Siddharupa. So we should follow them in both. Therefore, the gopis, for example, uh, we don't find that they were following uh, the, the, uh, there's there's no explanation really of them description of them following Vaidhi Bhakti per se, hmm? um, so we shouldn't follow it either. If we're going to follow them, would be the idea, one of the misconceptions. Of course, that's not entirely true either. In another way, it hasn't been answered in this way. But the ancient misconception of Rupa Goswami's previous verse, wherein it was thought that with one's sadaka deha one should follow imitate the activities of the Brajabhasis rather than in the Siddhadeha and in the Sadhaka Deha follow the Rupa, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, who are 
the Brajabhasis appearing in Sadhakadeha is to teach by their example how one should conduct oneself with one's Sadhakadeha that a Siddhadeha might arise. Hmm? So it wasn't uh, uh, when that conception was, uh, was, this conception was done away with and explained um, primarily by Vishnu Chakrabhitakar. He didn't make the point that actually the Brajabhasis, they do follow Vaidhi Bhakti. I think I brought this up uh, um, somewhere recently. Hmm? Because, for example, in the house of Nanda Maharaj, there is worship of the Shalagram Narayan in the form of Nishingadev and so forth, and they're religious people, and they follow the Varnashram also, and so forth. Uh, ostensibly, on the surface, they're all Vaidhi Bhaktas. Of course, their minds are, are somewhere else. Their minds are on Krishna. Hmm. So, all that is there is valuable in Varnashram, all that is there that is valuable in Vaidhi Bhakti, that and more will be present in Rag Bhakti. So, there's a, there is a, a, a strong connection between the paths, even as they are, much as they are very different in their orientation and in their result. Hmm? So he says, again, those who are very discriminating, intelligent, well-thought-out practitioners, they will not neglect Vaidhi Bhakti. Sharvanot Kirtanadini Vaidhi Bhakti Uditani Tu Yani Angani Chataniatra. So these discriminating practitioners, he says, they should accept the Angas of Vaidhi Bhakti that were previously mentioned, such as Shravanam Kirtanam. Hmm? And how should they accept them? As Angas of Raghunuga Bhakti. So while we heard that the primary Anga of Raghunuga Bhakti is Smarnam, there was these, we were discussing the third of three verses that, that deal with the actual practice of Raghunuga Bhakti. Hmm? Previously, so thus far, we've been defining Raghunuga Bhakti, different types of Raghunuga Bhakti, and... Uh, and defining ragatmika bhakti and different types of it and so forth and so on. So, so three verses about what the practice actually constitutes, and the first of those told us that live in braj and do samaranam, a particular kind of samaranam, hmm? on the leelas uh, of Krishna in relation with his devotees that correspond with the taste, the lobe of the greed, the the arising desire within the heart of the sadhaka as a result of his association with uh, advanced devotees and so forth. Mm. So, smarn has been, smarnam has been mentioned as the main ang, and one might think that's all that one should do, sit and do lila smarnam. Hmm? But here he says no. Now he's including all the angas of bhakti that have come before. How will we do those? And Dutsmarnam, this question may arise. Because they are, many of them are active. They involve a, a number of uh, uh, various uh, um, activities and busyness and so forth that does not lend itself to sitting and, uh, and doing Leela Smarnam. Hmm? So, the uh, Vishwana Chakravati Thakur has commented to some extent here and Jiva Goswami very, very briefly. But in his other uh, text, his own uh, authored text, Vishwana Chakvati Thakur, that is, 
his Raghavart Machandrika, he has gone into explaining this verse in some depth as to what it what it means to follow these angas of Vaidhi Bhakti, include them, consider them angas of Raghunuga Bhakti, and so forth. And with regard to this point that I that I raise, how will we do these things that are active when the main limb is smarnam? That won't they be a distraction? He explains, of course, that no, that's not the case. They will strengthen the meditation. Hmm? They will give support to that. And of course, we're talking about Raghunuga Bhakti on a spectrum of of development, from a very minimal and generous idea of taste or greed or loba to a, the full fledged idea of that. Hmm? So that won't come all at once; it will come gradually. Hmm? And so, adherence to certain practices will be very important, hmm? especially what. And these two are singled out here, in in by way of mentioning them all. Shravanot Kirtanadini. So, Shravanam Kirtanam Adi. Hearing and chanting, etc. But he uses hearing and chanting to add etc. to, as if to say the hearing and the chanting especially are important. Hearing about chanting and especially Kirtan. So, although Raghunuga Bhakti's main limb, in one sense, as mentioned in two verses back, is smarnam. The fact of the matter is, kirtan is the main limb. Because without smarnam, one cannot, uh, without kirtan, one cannot begin smarnam, because smarnam has to be done with a clean heart, and kirtan is the main way to clean the heart. Hmm? And so, as it becomes cleansed by kirtanam, then smarnam becomes possible. And when smarnam is fully possible, still the kirtan does not retire. We find, for example, in Brihad Bhagavatamrita that the, the, the journey of Gopakumar ended up in the Braj, where it started. Hmm? And what was his preoccupation then? Hearing and chanting the favorite names of Krishna. means the names that corresponded with his desired uh, taste, bhava. And Meditating on the leelas that correspond with that. Both things together. This was the the final kind of practice, if you will, that he arrived at, hmm, that um, delivered him to the the fruit of his practice, the prayogen. Hmm. So, the main practice, then, Vishwanachokitakra says, Svabhishta bhava maya. Swa Abhishta. Abhishta means desired. Swa. So one's own desired bhava. Hmm? One's own desired bhava, which is uh, the, the taste for which is arising, the, the interest for which is arising, the attraction which is for which is arising. And of course, where does this come from? Hmm? This is sometimes a, um, a discussion. Where does the, where does the desired, my desired attraction come from? What type of bhava? Why some are attracted to one bhava, some are attracted to an, another bhava? Hmm? This is brought up in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu later on, and in his commentary, Vishwanachakaritakar answers it nicely. He says, for, well, it's very practical, very common sense. How can you get a desire in relation to something unless that thing comes before you? 
Hmm? How would you know about it? How would you desire about it? How does the thing come before you? Hmm? How does a particular... uh, in front of you, desire to serve Krishna, uh, uh, come in front of you, come come within the scope of of, uh, the realm of possibilities to desire? Hmm? Obvious answer is, of course... Through the through Guru Parampara, through our Diksha Guru, Siksha Guru, uh, Guru Varga, and so forth. This is how Bhakti comes to the world. Bhakti places herself in the hands of the devotee, in the heart of the devotee. And the devotee distributes Bhakti, hmm? and and the, the devotee is carrying a particular kind of Bhakti. A partic- he is, she is the embodiment of a particular kind of Bhakti, a taste, a bhava. Hmm? So. The opportunity for us to desire it hmm, doesn't arise until we come in touch with someone who, who's carrying it, the bearer of that. Hmm. That person shares bhakti with us. Hmm. What kind of bhakti? The kind of bhakti they have. What are the kind of they going to share with us? Hmm. Hmm. So, as we know, bhakti comes from bhakti. So, bhava comes from bhava. <laughs> Ruchi comes Maruchi and so forth. Uh, uh, this is a very kind of obvious when we talk about it like this answer. And different devotees, different acharyas, of course, have talked about it at the same time in different ways that might lend it to confusion. But we have to study the entirety of the acharyas' teachings to understand why they might talk about something a little, apparently a little differently than another acharya and how the meaning is actually uh, the same, hmm? rather than different, with a cursory understanding of what ancient acharyas have said, and our modern acharya may have written, like for example, Takrabhakti Vinod, who was quite voluminous in his uh, his uh, literary contribution. You might find uh, um, a difference between them. The, the task is to harmonize them. Obviously, hmm? Bhakti Vinod Thakur sometimes talked about a swabhav, a nature of the jiva. Hmm? That one would analyze one's own nature, and and then um, one's arising taste, and know the bhava of their their interest. Hmm? So it sounds like well, the jiva has a certain swabhava hmm? that when you touch it with bhakti, hmm? you get. One kind of rasa here, one kind of rasa there, one kind of bhava here, one kind of bhava there. Hmm? This is a wrong idea. There's nothing in the jiva hmm, that is different from any other jiva. Hmm? The jivas are satchitananda. They are different from one another in that they're autonomous from one another. Otherwise, they're they're like... And it's a beautiful thing, a blank slate. Sounds bad to be written on. If someone comes here with, a, with what we call like a blank slate, they don't have all kinds of misconceptions or preconceived notions, it's very easy to teach them. The classic example it probably used to give is the piano player. Two people went to learn to play piano. The teacher asked the first boy, what do you know? He said, I don't know anything. He said, your lesson will be five colonies, 5,000 colonies. Hmm? Next boy came. He said, um, "Do you know? He, he, do you know anything about piano?" He said, "Oh yeah, I know so much. 
I've I've I played so many so many so many songs. And he said your lessons will be ten thousand colonies. And so of course he became upset, and then he asked the instructor why. He says because I have to unteach you everything that you've you've learned the wrong way. So the blank slate sounds like bad at first, but if you think about it carefully in terms of what we're talking about, this is a good thing. Now, for coming out of the Paramatma, blank slate for Krishna to ride on, for his devotees to ride on. Now, whether Krishna arranges that, of course he does. Brahmanda Brahmite Kon, Bhagavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai Bhakti Latapit. He arranges for the Guru to come, to ride on our slate in the way that he wants to accept service uh, from us. And so it's all coming from up to down. It's written about often as your desired ideal. Here we're using the term, Vishwanath has used, Svabhishta Bhava, your desired Bhava. So then we read it and we think, whatever we desire, that'll be our Bhava. Here are the Bhavas. I like that one. Oh, I like that. It doesn't come like this from down to up. Krishna reveals himself as he wants to, to us. Hmm. Not that we'll pick and choose, decide which way to go. And, and, and he does that principally through the Guru Parampara. That's how he comes to us. Hmm. So we're to understand our choice in this way, in the matter. How Krishna has come to us? In what form? Hmm. Somebody told me, well, how can our bhava be dependent upon the Guru's bhava? Most of the disciples don't even know what the Guru's bhava is. Uh, yeah, it takes time <laughs> before they even become interested in that. And maybe he won't say, so it, it, it takes some time. Mm-hmm. The answer is, that, well, how, you know, we don't know what it is, so why should we, you know, we should look at what our own desire is. We know what that is, and we'll make our choice. No, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. The choice the oppor- has come to you to take advantage of the opportunity that presents itself, or to not. Mm-hmm. And that is how Krishna wants us to serve. Hmm? It entirely comes from up to down. We cannot work our way up there. It's not a mat- It has nothing to do with our material propensities. Hmm? Now, over lifetimes, of course, of association, our material propensities will start to have a spiritual color also. That's another thing. Hmm? That's why, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in some places, you study your own nature, hmm? your own svabhav, and ruchi that's arising, and then you will know. Why didn't he just say, well, whatever your guru's bhava is, hmm? that will be your nature. He said it in a different way. There may be different reasons for that. One reason is we've had many gurus over many lifetimes, hmm? and much sadhusanga, hmm, arguably, to arrive, or we will, over many lives, to arrive at a position of really having a genuine and spiritually uh, grounded interest and taste for this ideal. <clears throat> so, uh, why not then say it this way? Study your own nature. What is your nature? Bhaktivinoda explains elsewhere. The nature of the jiva is what? What does, he, what does he mean when he says swabhava of the jiva? The swabhava of the jiva is jivera swarupoi krishna This is the swabhava of the jiva. What does that mean? The jiva is the eternal servant of Krishna. It means the jiva is the tasta shakti, and it's subordinate to Bhagwan. That's what it means. Like Prabhupada used to say, that the dharma of the soul 
is service, like the Dharma of wet water is wetness. Hmm? That has nothing to do with our rasa, that we, the, 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 our ideal of rasa, the bhava that we will attain. That only speaks about the fact that by nature we are subordinate entities to Bhagawan, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains when that inherent nature, hmm, as a servant of Krishna, with an inherent inclination to serve God. We say that the jiva, the atma, the self-consciousness is arising in human life, coming to the surface, and it feels there's more to life than, than what meets the eye or the mind. I often say we are the more, and we are the more because we are the spark of the fire, that both of which are different from matter. Hmm? And so there is an inherent tendency in all jivas to serve God. Hmm? It's very unclear and not worked out, but in a sense we see they're, they're searching for that. Hmm? They're in pursuit of that. They're in pursuit of their own nature, which is more than matter. Hmm? And they're a unit of serving tendency. Bhaktivinoda Sāktaka says, when that inherent swarup or swabhav hmm, of the jiva is met with bhakti, it's converted into bhakti. Hmm? And then that bhakti grows and taste comes. And So he says, study your nature. But what does that mean? That nature is an, is an acquired nature, hmm, in a sense, as a result of bhakti. In other words, you've been in touch with bhakti now. Hmm? So some, some inclination, more refined and focused inclination, should be developing. If you're interested in rag bhakti, and you think how I like, I like rag bhakti over bhakti bhakti. This is my interest. We find I'm interested in this rasa, or the, I like these pastimes. We find in 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 in, in um, Jaiva Dharma. I like these cowherding pastimes. Uh, uh, um, Vijay Kumar says, Brajanath says, or Brajanath says, Vijay uh, yeah, Kumar says, I like uh, to be a servant of, of Alita. These are developed feelings that have come after after a long time of bhakti and so forth. So when, 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 the, when the guru asks them, well, study your nature, how do you feel? I have attraction like this. It's not attraction that's, that's, that, that is inherent in the conditioned jiva soul or a quality of it hmm? it's a result of bhakti hmm? over time hmm? so swabhishtabhava maya we have some desire hmm? our, our own so our own desired bhava and again where is our own our again our own desired bhava how much is it ours hmm? as much as we understand that we are we belong to Bhagawan, <laughs> that we're his. Hmm? This whole idea of ours has to be mine and our desire has to be carefully thought out in the context of the whole philosophy, which says that nothing is ours. Hmm? We ourselves belong to Bhagawan. Hmm? Pujapad Sridhar used to describe Goloka as, as, as divine slavery. Hmm? No personal self-interest whatsoever. Hmm? As soon as you probably just say, as soon as you say, I want, that's Maya. Hmm. I want 
stop right there. <laughs> this is a, a strong way of, of making the point. Hmm? So what is our own desired bhav? Hmm? It's our own, it's ours, but why, how has it come to us? Come to us at Bhagwan's arrangement through Guru Parampara. Hmm? And then, of course, the experience of it. I'm making a choice. I'm, I'm choosing to accept it. I, I don't really have a lot of options because it's very powerful. It's Bhagwan's outreach to us. He wants us. Hmm? He wants to accept service from us in that way. It's pretty hard to resist. People say, well, if I don't choose, there's no love. Well, did you choose to get Agyata Sukriti? Hmm? Bhagwan chose to give that to you. So, so these words... Hmm? my own desired uh, and so forth you have to think of what they mean in the context of the overall philosophy therefore these books have to be studied under qualified hmm, persons very highly qualified persons not only who have read through them and memorized some verses and so forth but actually have feeling for them that's why Rupa Goswami uh, Jiva Goswami has commented that in order to do what is it? Um, Shastra Yukti, which Jiva Goswami has described as the ultimate praman, the ultimate evidence. Not just Shastra, Sight Shastra, but to reason about Shastra and the implications of it, hmm? the ramifications. This requires some feeling, ruchi, some, some taste for it. Hmm? So who, who's like fluent in Vaishnavism, kind of, it's not like, uh, who's who's memorized it, and it's and it's it's a it's a it's a it's a storehouse of information that he then regurgitates and so forth. Hmm? That will not be very helpful for us uh, to us. And if we approach the text like that, read them, collect information, this is to be done under the guidance of a guru. Hmm? And if my guru, for example, was Prabhupada and came here and gave me an initiation forty years ago, and so forth. And now today I become interested in Raghunuga Bhakti for the first time and understand the term better and so forth. You better believe I could really use the help of somebody to explain it to me as it is instead of thinking, I don't need that. I'll just read the books on Rag Bhakti here, there, and everywhere and go pick them up in Lloyd Bazaar in India. And um, and um, this way, you know, I, I won't have another guru because I want to be chased to Prabhupada as my only guru. These kind of misconceptions are out and about today. And then you find these these half-baked ideas of rag bhakti that are full of quotations and so on and so forth, and very difficult then to help such persons unlearn hmm, and learn properly that which can be learned by actually serving someone hmm, who is taking the time to teach you about this. It's not that Prabhupada didn't teach about it, he, he taught about it in a more broad and general way. And I was speaking the other day how we see, if we talk about Vaikuntha and what it's like there, people will, devotees will think, that's different. It's really, how could it be like that? Because they have ideas, actually, spiritual ideas about the ideal that correspond with Rag Bhakti, without even talking about it hmm, very much. These were instilled in them for example, in Prabhupada's disciples, by Prabhupada, who's a Rag Bhakta. Hmm? So, but again, uh, uh, there is a, a wide kind of misconception about Guru Tattva. Hmm? 
leads to misconceptions now about Jiva Tattva and Bhakti Tattva. Hmm? Very complicated. <laughs> so the, the misconception about Guru Tattva, you know, I, I want to be chaste to my Guru, I can't have any other Guru. This is a very uh, kind of a, a, a prevalent misconception. In the name of chastity to one's Guru, you're vilifying other Gurus and so forth. This is a huge huge problem and it plays out in relation to the kind of things we're talking about. Misconception about Jiva Tattva, thinking that Jiva has some, each one has some special uh, number on it or something like that hmm? in, in its constitution. Read the Gita. The Gita talks about the constitution of the soul. Does it say anything like that? Does the Bhagavatam say anything like that? Hmm? Do the Sundarvas say anything like that? No. Hmm? So, so, with good company, good association, hmm, then we can understand the subject properly. And how, and it will not be just a plug-in for the class and, and go home. Hmm? If that person says, there'll be no class tonight, the class tonight is to clean the floor, then we, that's the, that we, lear, we will learn something we should think about Rag Bhakti from that. Hmm? So it's... Uh, those of us who have had the good fortune have had uh, Siksha gurus who have who have taken the time to uh, explain to us about Rag Bhakti. Hmm. Uh, contemporaries of mine and so forth have very much been involved in in a real guru and disciple relationship with the teacher, as it should be. Hmm. Anyway, we can learn not just from books, especially not not Rag Bhakti, just reading about it. Hmm. You know, the fellow in Navadweep lived there for years and years and years and um, considered himself a real um, example of Rag Bhakti. I met him once and he said, he said, my Sikha Guru is all these books, all the books. And later he became Gornagar, Bhav follower. Hmm. This is not something that's accepted in Chaitanya Charitamrita, neither in... in um, Chaitanya Bhagavat. Neither anyone has taught us hmm, how to follow that kind of so-called bhav. What the Sampradaya has taught us, what, they have, what has been exemplified in the Sampradaya, this is what's being offered to us. Hmm? There we find, I've said it before, the Sampradaya started by Nityananda Prabhu, but before the Goswami Granthas were ever written, Bhajagoranga Kahagoranga Lahagoranga Namre with these words, Nityananda Prabhu started the Sampradaya. Worship Goranga, who Goranga told him, worship Krishna, chant Krishna. Hmm? Follow the teachings of Krishna. No, he said, we follow Goranga. Very boldly, so it began. And his contemporaries, his associates, I should say, they began initiating. Hmm? They were all in Sakirasa, hmm? coming from Nityananda Prabhu. Then, of course, as the Goswami's understanding imbibed directly as it was from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu about himself and all that he's about came to the fore in the form of their texts and so forth and these were uh, literatures were distributed and so forth especially then Chaitanya Charitamrita as that was <laughs> developing hmm, then, of course, the fact that, that, that Gopi Bhav, Manjuri Bhav, is um, not only also available, but prominently available, and the, and the very thing that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the very 
means that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came up with to fulfill his ambition of tasting Radhabhav was through the means of Manjabhav. This is the way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did it. So shall we read the book and think, I'll do it a different way. I want Gopibhav, a little different kind of Gopibhav. I'll take. This is, again, not, not the proper approach. So, if one has, one's, one's desire, central, Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur says, in explaining this verse in Raghavad Chandrika, central to the practice of Raghavad is Svabhishta Bhava Maya, to, to be filled with the desire for the particular Bhava that one has been, one realizes one has been influenced by. This is the center. So that kind of aspiration, as I've said before, is a huge thing. Hmm? Because when we aspire, um, we want to say boldly in one sense, because it's kind of audacious, I think. I want to be uh, such a person in relation to Krishna. But it's not really that audacious. It's, it's not really that bold in a sense, because we're doing it on the basis of the fact that the opportunity has been given to us. Hmm? It's presented itself. We got to we thank our lucky stars, so to speak, as it's said sometimes in English. So, um, so based on the mercy of my Guru Parampara, I think like in my association, I think like this. I want to be. Uh, I am. I am. My identity is I'm a resident of Braj and handmaiden of Radha, or as may be the case. <clears throat> this is Fabishta Bhava Mai. The desired mood. This is very powerful because, as I said before, most people have no interest in this. They want to get things from from God. Hmm? Not even Krishna. Then some people want to get things from Krishna. Then other people want to get rid of things by Krishna's help and get mukti. Hmm? And sayuja mukti. Then some people want mukti and baikuntha. Hmm? And who wants what really Krishna's all about, what's really of interest to him, what makes his heart beat and stop beating. Hmm? Interest in that gets Krishna's attention. And that's what we want. That's not easy to get. <laughs> huh? He's, uh, there's so many jivas, hmm? and so many that believe in God want his attention to one extent or the other, but to what, what he's really about, they're not interested in. So... This is the way, secret way to get his attention. Hmm? And so then, along with that basic central focus of one sadhana and rag bhakti are what's called those activities that are in relation to the desired mood. Hmm? So, svabhishta sambandha, bhava sambandhi. Svabhishta hmm? bhava, the activities that are sambandha Somebody in relation to, related to, I should say, the desired mood. So, what are the things that are related to, to the, the, the culture, the ongoing culture of the desired mood? These are all oh, so many things of Adi Bhakti, like accepting a guru, hmm? taking initiation, hearing, getting instruction, siksha, so on and so forth. All the hearing chanting, hmm? these are all activities that are are related to the desired mood and directly promote it. 
as a result of engaging in them, they're promoted. Therefore, I said the other day to somebody, Rag Bhakti is about the intense desire to follow the practices of Vaidhi Bhakti hmm, that will awaken the desired mood. He had some, he didn't quite like that, but this is actually what's being said. Hmm? No, it's about the desired mood. But if you, you have to desire, you have to have the desire to engage in the things that will deliver the desired mood, that are related to it, will directly promote it. Hmm? Hearing, chanting, principal angas of bhakti and so forth, as I said, accepting the guru and so on and so forth. All these things. These things, hearing and chanting in particular, for example, about Krishna with the desired mood in mind, that would mean particular names of Krishna. I mean, it can be Hare Krishna, obviously, but um, there are many names that are related to different uh, um, uh, leelas of Krishna, different sentiments, and so forth. So the devotee will be attracted to certain names relative to his particular desired bhava, and he'll chant those. And eventually, these that are the you know, you have your material cause and the instrumental cause. They become one. So the hearing and chanting, for example, becomes one with the svabhishtabhava maya. They become one. So they are both a activities that are of bhakti that are related to the desired mood and they become one with the desired mood in their perfection. When we perfect the chanting, hearing, so on and so forth. And then, I'm just going over this briefly, but then there are other other um, considerations as well. And uh, Vishnu Chakravitaku brings up the observance of Ekadasi and Holy Days, for example. He says that it is said about Ekadasi that but by practicing Ekadasi, one remembers Govinda. Remembering Govinda... Remembering Krishna, this is Smarnam, this is uh, a main limb of, of Rag Bhakti, and it directly um, is related to the desired mood. Hmm? And so, therefore, Ekadasi is partially related to the desired mood and should be observed. Ekadasi hmm? is some, often not very well understood. It's often thought of in terms of a, a negative context. Don't do certain things on Ekadasi. Hmm? Otherwise, they'll be, you'll be in trouble. You'll, you'll, you'll suffer, and uh, and so on and so forth. That side is there to some extent, but the principal side of the ecodicy is its positive content. That principally, it said by observance of the ecodicy, one remembers Krishna. Ecodicy is the eleventh day. It said that by properly observing the ecodicy, hmm, all eleven senses—the five working senses and the five knowledge-acquiring senses and the mind become absorbed in Krishna. Hmm? So it's uh, it's a very auspicious. It's often uh, observed to one extent or another by fasting. People will think, oh, well, in Hari Bhakti Vilas it says you have to fast the night before, then the entire day from food and drink, and now I see in your group you're not doing that. You're having a... a you've, you've, you've compromised and you're eating... Well, you're not eating grains, but you're eating fruits or milk or something like that. Mm-hmm. But this, again, is not what, what the word fasting, upavas. Upavas means fasting, 
but upavas means more upavas to to reside near to reside near so the, the this is again a positive to reside near bhagavan akadasi is the hari hari varsa this is the day of hari so to get close to him to reside near him and to engage in those activities that would bring you close to him this is what Ekadasi is, is principally about. So, if not eating certain things will be helpful. Hmm? But, if not eating causes me to go to sleep and, and and my mind become splayed out, then eat something hmm? according to the direction of the, of, the, of the guru. Avoid something, eat something, and get close to Krishna by hearing and chanting. Hmm? This is the austerity, actually, for Kali Yuga, it's, Krishna has said, austerity in Kali Yuga means doing things, accepting vows for my pleasure. Hmm? Otherwise, austerity is not about accepting vows for Krishna's pleasure. Whenever Prabhupada was, would meet with someone and they would say, Prabhupada would talk to them and say, would you, so you take a little prasadam and sometimes they would say, I'm fasting. Some people would come to see him and he said, why? For what purpose? Hmm? In Kali Yuga, such things should not be undertaken unless they are a particular vow for pleasing Krishna that it involves this to some extent. Hmm? Whether it be ekadasi or it includes observing Janmastami, Radhastami, the Nishringa Chaturdasi, these are all holy days, they're mentioned in the scripture. There are different ways to observe them with regard to what to eat and what not to eat, and different acharyas will regulate that over in time and circumstance. Hmm? That's part of the, the vow. There are things that, that, that come about if you don't follow them. That's part of the characteristic of the vow. They're pleasing to Krishna, and there's some etiquette that uh, described in the scripture with regard to the, the observance. These are like four characteristics of these holy days that are said to be eternal vows. So they have, they're, they're very important. And with regard to Kadasi in particular, as I said, it's partially... Um, uh, constitutes uh, um, that which is in, is related to the desired mood will promote it. Hmm? So here we are, we're following a codice and these kind of rules and so forth, and, and this is very much part of Rag Bhakti. Then he goes to what? To to that which is Bhavanukul, hmm? that which is favorable to the desired mood. It doesn't directly promote it, but it's, it's favorable. Hmm? And this involves things like taking the garments worn by Krishna, hmm? the remnants and so forth, um, uh, wearing uh, tilak, Vaishnav tilak. People say this is an external thing. Hmm? Why you have to do that for Rag Bhakti? But no, marking the body in 12 places within the, in the chanting the names of Vishnu and and this is is, is 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 calling the different energies of Vishnu for the different corresponding different parts of the body and so forth. This is all involved involves the the very culture of of the sadaka deha, which, as I said before, the more our, our sadaka deha is is developed into an actual sadaka deha, the more the 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 the, the of the siddha deha will start to come into into into, into focus. Hmm? So, things, as I say, what is it, uh, that are favorable to, and then there are things that are not unfavorable. Hmm? 
These things include worshiping cows, uh, worshiping banyan trees and fig trees. These things are mentioned, along with Tadiya Seva, like worshiping Tulsi and Vaishnav Seva. The worship, they're named along with these things because everybody knows those things are very important. Hmm? Vaishnav Seva is very important. Tulsi Seva is very important. We might not think, well, worshiping cows is not very very important. It could be, but worshiping sacred trees, is, it's maybe, but it's not that important. But actually they're mentioned along with those things, the cow service and the banditry, to say, to make us think, well, they're pretty, pretty important, hmm? these things. Jiva Goswami said, scratching the necks of cows, giving them fresh grass, circumambulating them. Hmm? Pleases Krishna. When the cows are cre- pleased, Krishna is pleased. Hmm? Very nice activity. Hmm? Hmm? So, these are things, examples of things that are favorable. Of course, worshiping Tulsi is particularly special. She's dear to Krishna. Um, Vaishnav Seva is said to be something that is Sobhishta Bhavamayi. It is is um, uh, Savishta Baba Sambandi, Savishta Baba Nukul, Savishta Baba Viruda. Hmm? It's all of them. Hmm? It pervades all of them. So, <laughs> very important uh, activity. And then, briefly, there are there are some things that are unfavorable, and they should be avoided. In the list of so many angas of Vaidhi Bhakti that have been given, and. Vishwan Chakritakra singles out the worship of Rukmini, living in Dwarka, performing mudras and nyas. These are things that are very relative to Vaidhi Bhakti and the desire to live in Dwarka, for example. Krishna is also a Vaidhi Bhakti deity, if you want to serve him in Dwarka, like Uddhava and so forth. And This is Vaidhi Bhakti, high end of Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? Um, those things will, will not call awaken, nourish the desired mood. I'll take you in the direction. He'll go into that, Rupa Goswami, in some detail in verses ahead, as I said in the beginning, how you could get waylaid to Dwarka or taken to Golok instead of Gokul and so forth. But the basic idea is those things should be left out. Hmm? So there are rules to Raganuga Bhakti. Hmm? And um, and they are those those things that adhering to, as I say, will... will uh, promote our ideal, an ideal that comes from up to down, that's derived from Sadhusanga over over lifetimes. Any question? Yes. I have a question, but you may have answered it while I was formula, formulating in my head. You said that certain bhava gets developed over lifetimes and you have many gurus. I was thinking, what about quote-unquote anomalies like Akinsha Krishna Das Babaji or Shri Prabhupada who were disciples of Shri Bhattasiddhanta and had different bhavas or Shamananda Pandit. Because of different, so one answer is because of different association in different lives. Hmm? Um, and there are also, it may be, there are exceptions to the rule. Hmm? Ultimately, we are serving Krishna the way Krishna wants to accept service from us, Right? And it's coming through the Guru Parampara. And it's also possible that through Guru Parampara, through one Guru, hmm, who's in a particular bhava, representing Gopi Bhava, for example, the disciple will develop in terms of, of say, Sakya Bhava. Hmm? And we have to say, well, 
Krishna wants it, or by previous life association, he came with this kind of bhakti sanskar. It's all about sanskars of bhakti over lifetimes. Hmm? And um, other answer, of course, some some like to think that Prabhupada, some disciples of Prabhupada like to think he came from Goloka as a Nityasiddha, so there, there's your, your answer there. Hmm? But it's up to Bhagwan how he wants to. This is the general rule, hmm? but there are exceptions, and even the exceptions could be seen as following the general rule, but that it's manifesting from previous lifetimes association. Prabhupada was born in a family, got initiated into, into Sakiras lineage, actually, before he met Bhakti Siddhanta, family guru. They used to worship Uttaranadatta Thakur and uh, one of the Dvadasuko Pauls, associates of, of Nityananda Guru. They would go on pilgrimage there every every year, his family and so forth. This is an area that was very much favored by Nityananda Prabhu and full of Sakyarasa. Prabhu was born in that family. Hmm? Then he met the great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur engaged him in worldwide preaching. He prayed to Saraswati Thakur, prayed to Krishna, give me the power to serve my Guru Maharaj in terms of his desire to see me in, engaged in preaching all over the world the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And when I'm finished with that, I want to join you in, 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 in Golokan in the sport in the cowherd fields, he said. So, um, we see that uh, that was uh, prominent in him in a, in, a, in, a, in a big way. We acknowledge it. As I've explained, does that help? What else? Overriding point, of course, is you can't look at it a different way. Because as I've explained, the only way in which you can have a desire for serving Krishna in a particular way. As if you come in touch with someone who has it, other has it, how will you know about it? We say, I could read the books, I suppose. But even that has to be given to you by someone. Someone has to write the books and so forth. And the books say, you know, you have to go and hear from a sadhu and, and so on and so forth. So the, the, the bhakti is distributed by the bhakta. Bhakti comes from bhakti. She puts herself in, in the hands of one heart of one devotee, that devotee is distributed. That's how it happens. Hmm? And your swarup is bhakti, that's what it is. Hmm? It's, it's Sambit, Hladini, and a particular combination of that. That's what it is. That ingress comes into you in day one. Hmm? Initiation, at a certain point, it crystallizes. We call that Bhava Bhakti. Then it becomes apparent. A particular combination of Sambit and Hladini hmm? has been shared with you. How can the Guru give you Bhakti and not share his or her sentiments invisibly or just by by contact and, and so on and so forth. So you, there's, there's, there's no way to get around this. Hmm? You follow me? So we see some, 99% of the time you see the disciples develop the same bhava as the guru. If there are some exceptions, well, some way to figure out. We don't, it doesn't change the whole equation suddenly, which means, for example, oh, there's something in each devotee that causes him to uh, develop in a particular way and um, and it's, Part of his inherent nature, each jiva's got, you know, some different, unique character. Each everybody's an individual, right? We teach that, right? So we're all individual. What what is meant by that? We're all individuals. Again, as I said earlier, we're we're autonomous entities, but not that we're different. We're actually the same. We're that blank slate to be written on. 
But then they posit this other idea. We're individuals. Don't be impersonal. Be a personal guy. Be personable. Don't be an impersonalist. I mean, was Gorka Shordas Babaji personable? He told people to get away from him. Does that mean he's an impersonalist? No, that's a whole different misuse of terms and understanding. Hmm, you understand? Where we going to push with our material understanding of being personable and what being impersonal and into into a you know misunderstanding of Advaita Vedanta versus Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Chintya Veda Veda. It's not like that. And similarly with individuality, similarly with desire, as I'm saying. Hmm? If every individual's different, hmm? and, they, they, and, and, and because of their constitutional jiva tattva makeup, when you touch them with bhakti, they're all going to develop in a certain way. And then what's the purpose of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent and giving braj bhakti? Just go join the Ramanuja Sampradaya and you're going to get whatever you know you are. It's going to come out. It doesn't matter. Hmm? Where's the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu if you've already, you already got it? Where's the seed? Is, is, is there a seed given? Or is it just watering? And what is the seed? Jiva Goswami explained in the 10th canon of Bhagavatam what the seed is. Hmm? 51st uh, chapter, 53rd verse, he says. The seed is sadhusanga. That gives you the desire to serve Krishna. It awakens in you the desire to serve Krishna. It comes from outside. He said that is the seed of one's rasa. Hmm? The association that gives you the desire to serve Krishna. Hmm? The sadhus, the that is the seed of, of one's rasa. Hmm? And some important points. Anything else? Alright, let's stop there. Shiva Bhagavasami, Prabhupada ki jai. Isi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai. Bhakti Vaksak Siddha Deva Goswami Maharaj ki jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur Prabhupada ki jai. Shi Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. Yeah.